This is Hope FM. The head of the library service, the service manager, uh, is Medi Bernard, and she joins me now. Good morning to you, Medi. Good morning. Thank you for inviting me on. It's it's always a pleasure. Now, obviously, we've got so much to talk about in terms of uh, of libraries, but can I just begin a, a bit of a personal note, really? But when did your your love affair, your passion for reading and books, begin? Well, I've always had a, a passion for books and reading. Family went to the library in Rickmansworth very regularly, and I think that's very important that I was encouraged from such an early age. And I remember that uh, once I'd chosen all my books, then I'd always go and sit in the reading room and I'd be reading Punch magazine, and I was always disproved of by some older gentlemen. And I never knew whether that's because they didn't want children in the reading room or whether I was holding the magazine that they wanted. But um, I've always loved historical fiction and history non-fiction, and that shaped what I did at university. Mm. Of course, the thing is that, that I think imagination goes with books, doesn't it? If you, if, you, if you have a really good imagination, in fact, books help you, don't you, to, to develop your imagination, takes you into a, sometimes, a, a, particularly if it's fiction, it takes you into a world that you wouldn't normally perhaps be part of. That's very true. I think it enables you to see new worlds, to expand experiences, to, to feel what other people have, have experienced. But it also encourages you in your own imagination as well. So did you think that, you know, from those early days of, of, of being a, you know, a passionate reader, that it would lead to a career? Did you, did you pretty much know that whatever career you would end up in, that it would have something to do with, with books and reading and so on? Well, I did. I must confess that when I was a child, we used to play libraries and I used to issue out books to my family. So I think I was a, a <laughs> round peg in a round hole from an early age. Uh, were, they, were they obedient? Did they read the books that you, you recommended? <laughs> well, they certainly pretended to. <laughs> <laughs> so did you have to go to do sort of like formal training? Is it, I mean, to be a librarian and so on, is it, is it, is it a, a long sort of course training and so on? Um, well, I, I did it uh, when I started out in quite a traditional way, but there is more scope now for people to come into librarianship in different routes. And I went to university to read history, because that's always my first love, and then I did a postgraduate qualification in librarianship. And I looked then, at, did I want to work in academic libraries or commercial libraries? But I always really wanted to work in public libraries, because I've always wanted to serve communities. Mm. And uh, do you become a bit of a counsellor? Because I, I know several friends of mine. I've got one particular friend who co-presents this programme with me who's just, uh, well, he's just in the middle of completing his PhD, you know, and he would make regular trips up to the British Library, you know. But uh, but obviously people often are looking for particular things in books. So do you, as the as the librarian, become a counsellor and say, you know, this is, this is, this is what you should read? <laughs> you certainly get... No doubt, lots of requests of, have you got this book, or whatever. Um, yes, I mean, people do ask advice about what to read. I'm really keen that people don't worry too much about what they should be reading, but just enjoy experiencing all the, the huge range of literature uh, that we have easily accessible, so that people can try things and, and form their own taste. It's great to be able to talk about different authors, different genres, different uh, titles, um, but also to experiment as well, because there's no wrong read. I think it's very important that people 
try for themselves and maybe even develop their own writing talents or their own poetry or writing stories as well. So that's really, that's really... You're encouraging people there to dip into their own creative challenge then? Definitely. And I think that's very important to show that people can do that at any stage of their lives. I mean, for my the personal thing is, is my own mother. Um, when she retired and uh, they moved back to Wales, and she took up again her love of Welsh poetry. And she actually won a bardic chair in, in the Aberystwyth of Steadford in the beginner's section. So it shows that education and learning and creativity can can start or continue at any age. And I feel that's very important that people people feel that they can be creative in different ways and at any stage of their lives. And what about many people, you know, who maybe have never picked up a book uh, in in their lives or, or, or maybe just are very slow readers and consequently don't don't read a lot. I mean, do you do you find yourself doing lots of encouragement to say, well, look, you know, if you've never done it before, what about having a go? Yes, and that's important too. It doesn't matter how fast or how slow or, that you might read. Um, there's there's books there for people who have any particular need. And also, of course, people might like to start on audiobooks if, if they're finding print books not to their taste. And uh, the library service lends those out as well as the print books. Yep. People can try out a whole range of different sorts of, of literature. And I, I guess that a lot of us spend a lot of time travelling in the car and so on, so audiobooks would be a fabulous way, wouldn't it, of, of well, having company on a, on a long journey. Definitely, yes. And, and the audio books are, are really satisfying. I think everyone loves a story. I mean, you're, you're in radio, you know that everyone loves spoken word. And the, the audio books are accessible now. And we're very keen that the audio books that we lend out, they on the whole tend to be the unabridged version. So you get the whole flavour of the story. Mm. Now, of course, uh, everything was a change for... Uh, well, of course, I think you originally with Bournemouth Borough Council, weren't you? And of course, BCP then was created in 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 April, and the the whole well, the Bournemouth, uh, Paul and Christchurch come together now as one. So you you find yourself in a completely uh, new and challenging role. What what's that been like for you? Has it has it been a challenging but exciting journey? Yes, it's. It made a lot of sense um, because obviously our library users, they came from across BCP area and more widely as well. And uh, people can join public libraries from different parts of the, the country. Um, so it made a lot of sense anyway because people were using different libraries. And uh, say we have sort of fuzzy borders um, and it is good now that those now it makes it even easier. We've still got a way to go to align all our different systems, for example, uh, but we're getting there, um, and we want to make it as smooth as possible so that everyone can access the services, whether they be online or, or physically, uh, that they need. Now we talk and of course, I've moved around the country working in, in different library services. Um, I've started off in Nottingham um, and then moved up north to Rochdale and then came gradually south through Bedfordshire and Cambridgeshire. And obviously, this is the furthest south uh, now. So you're like me, really. You, you've been a, you're a northerner uh, and then gradually moved move south. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is Hope FM. So, Medi, uh, uh, are libraries just about books? 
Well, books are reading our core, of course, and always has been. But also, libraries have always been about a range of services as well. Information, of course, uh, in whatever format that is, whether that be digital or print. And also as a, a social and a civic space, open to everybody. So I think the principles for the original public libraries still remain, although they look very different from, from when they were first started. And the education role is, is still very important, whether that be through courses or classes or job clubs and, and a range of different activities that we run for different ages. Now, of, digital services are increasingly important, of course. Yeah, and you do you do DVDs as well, don't you? We do. We still do DVDs and CDs, although uh, obviously the way that people consume their music um, is is different in a way. Lots more streaming, for example. But um, we have a particular role for recorded music at the Bournemouth Library, which has one of the largest music libraries on the South Coast, and it won um, an International Excellence Award for not only the resources, but also the knowledge that uh, the staff have as well, because many of them, or all of them indeed, are musicians in one way or another. Now, of course, it's not every day that you get a chance to, to almost create, build an, a new library experience. And uh, you actually have had that experience, haven't you, with the, uh, with the, the Kinson... Is it the, called the Kinson Hub? It's called the Kinson Hub. That name was chosen by the public. We had a competition before it opened, and the Kinson Hub was the name that people wanted. Yes, I've been very, very fortunate. Actually, all through my career, I've been able to get involved with building projects, and uh, Bournemouth Library being one of them. But Kinson Hub is, um, is a particular... Uh, love of mine because I um, I wrote the lottery funding bid that got the funding and then I project managed on the build supported by an excellent design team and an excellent architect and construction company so I feel that the Kinson hub I've seen coming up not only from the ground but indeed from below the ground as well <laughs> uh, and that was very very satisfying to see the building and to see how well it's used and the number of services that is run from and in the Kinson hub as well well i've got to say it's a good a really good example of, of my question that libraries are, are the, as you say co- books are core but a lot more than that because they're also a, a key meeting place aren't they for many people they are yes and again for all different ages uh, obviously, it's free to come into the library. You don't have to be a member to, to be in the library and use many of the services. Uh, it's for different ages and, uh, well, before COVID, obviously. Um, the libraries were running thousands, literally thousands, of um, activities throughout the year for different ages. And that could be anything from Baby Wiggle and Rhyme for the tiniest uh, library users through to vocational classes digital skills sessions, job clubs, and then a whole raft of different activities that the community ran um, for and by local groups, so many craft groups, book groups, uh, and really to use the library space as their space. So, Mandy, along comes uh, COVID-19 quite quite out of the blue, uh, and all of a sudden the, the, the the public libraries can no longer operate in, in the way that they have and everybody's role changed. How did that impact you and your colleagues in the service? Well, it certainly was it certainly was a blow not being able to operate from the library buildings. Staff missed their buildings, they missed the public. 
what the staff, many of the staff have been doing is they've actually been redeployed, so they're still working with local people in local communities, but in a different way. So uh, quite a number of staff are working from home as call centre, uh, supporting shielding residents, so people that have to stay at home um, because they're vulnerable health-wise. Uh, a number of us, including myself, uh, are working with the Together We Can services, so we're matching volunteers to people in need, and we're supporting vulnerable people by making phone calls. Um, a number of other staff are actually on door knocker duties, so vulnerable residents who we've not been able to reach, they actually go around to knock on the door and, and check they're okay. And um, a number of other staff are working with other parts of the council. So, for example, they've been sconded off to the facilities management team to help distribution of uh, PPE. So staff have been busy. Uh, they've also been working on developing the existing online services. So they've developed new skills, for example, in video filming and editing uh, mm -hmm. because they're producing new daily content on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter to bring the activities that we ran in libraries to bring them online so that people can still carry on with them. And of course you have a mobile library service. Which, did I read just recently that, that that has just recently been restored, at least in part? That's right, yes, the home library service. Uh, that um, ran delivering books to people uh, in their own homes. Uh, this was pre-COVID, where they were not able to get to a library, perhaps because of a health condition or mobility problems. And that um, was uh, using our excellent volunteers, the RVS, Royal Voluntary Service. Um, when COVID uh, struck, then we had to suspend that temporarily, partly because a number of the volunteers themselves were having to shield, but also because there were restrictions on uh, essential travel uh, and also people's concerns about getting books um, and to make sure that that was a service that we could deliver safely. So we have restarted the Home Library Service now. Uh, we'll be using some of the uh, RVS volunteers, also some of the Together We Can volunteers and library staff. And uh, initially we've been phoning the existing Home Library Service clients uh, so they will have their, their books and their audiovisual items like their, their DVDs delivered to them. And uh, then we're planning to roll it out more widely. So anybody, uh, different groups in the community who are having to stay home will also have a doorstep delivery service. So it's been a different way of doing it because it's, it's more delivery to the doorstep rather than come in and have a social chat as well because, of course, we can't do that yet. So it will be a different sort of service, but it does mean we're getting books to people, which we're really, really keen on being able to do. Now, obviously, we began the journey back to some form of, of normality. I know some of business will start next week on the 15th of June. And no doubt you'll, you'll have done your own plans in the, in the library service to at least begin to make the journey uh, to get the libraries reopened again. How far have, have you got with that? Well, the libraries, public libraries, are in phase three, so um, we can't open as, as shops can in June. Uh, so our phase is in July earliest. Uh, and obviously that's all dependent on the rapidly changing government guidance and yeah. uh, the guidance from Public Health England. So what we've been planning is, is two things, really. It's recovery phase and reset phase. So recovery, we're looking at, obviously, expanding the doorstep delivery service, uh, re how we can reopen the libraries in a safe and staged way. Uh, and obviously social distancing is going to be making 
a big difference to what those buildings look like and how we can operate from them. So we're looking at how many people can be in, in a library at any one time, uh, what sort of services we can provide that we, we don't at the moment. So things like select and collect type services or um, pre-selected uh, bundles of, of books that people can take away so they don't have to dwell a long time in the library. Uh, so that's a new thing. Uh, we're also looking at what sort of browsing can be done in a safe way. We're having to quarantine stock for 72 hours once it's been handled to clean stock. Um, but we're also looking about how we can provide access to uh, digital facilities for those people that haven't got them at home and we're very mindful that those people may be missing out because they have not been able to take advantage of all the digital services that are offered not only by ourselves but obviously by um, right across the country and, and by the BBC and, um, and um, other services as well so how can we provide that in, in a safe way um, complying with social distancing and also with, uh, you know, making sure that everything is clean and hygienic. So that, that's going to be quite a challenge, and the libraries will look quite different uh, initially when they first open. We're hoping, obviously, that that will be temporary, and we'll be able to start reintroducing all the different sorts of activities in person that we used to do, but that, will, that side of it will be a little way off. So we're going to be continuing doing the online activities, whether they be Bimby, Wriggle and Rhyme or... Um, you know, the, the craft sessions that we've got on YouTube or the story times or the weekly book chats, yeah. all that will continue online as, as well as slowly delivering services back into the libraries. But one thing that is important is that libraries are going to become all the more key, aren't they, in terms of, of putting society back together uh, when eventually we can actually meet each other face to face uh, and we can handle books and we can do the multiplicity of, of activities, of course, that libraries offer to all age groups. They are. Yes, they are, definitely. And that's the reset phase, really, which is really exciting because libraries, you mentioned the Kinston Hub earlier, libraries have got an increasing role for being multi-service hubs or centres in the community. And that's something that we're discussing in BCP Council and how can the library buildings be maximised their use and being able to deliver other services in the library and from the library so that local people can come to one place and be able to access a whole range of services. Because we know that people rarely go out to one building just with one aim in mind while they're there, then they want to do a whole range of things and to bring all the services together in a convenient way as well as develop developing the online services is something that we're really excited that there's a role there that the libraries will take up. For more inspirational interviews, podcasts and Hope FM best bits, visit hopefm.com forward slash listen again.